0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fly Sweet Podcast partnered with RaiderRamble.com. Head on over to RaiderRamble.com for all your Raider needs. On today's episode, we got your boy Q on um, over from Black Hole Banter. And real quick before we get into the episode, you know our friends Chris and James and I guess Q2 over at uh, Black Hole Banter, they're putting together a little fundraiser for the CDC Foundation. Obviously, you know we got some uh, unprecedented times going on with the coronavirus, a lot of people mm-hmm. affected. Um, you know, so we just asked if you guys could, you know, we'll post a link to the the website to donate um, on the episode on Twitter. If you guys could uh, donate there, you know, even if it's just a little bit, we'd definitely appreciate it. You know, a lot of people in need and. Be a cool thing that those guys are doing over there and we want to help them out as much as we can. Jose, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce our guest over there for us?
1: Oh, well, we just got a little a little introduction from BHB. Um well, as you know, as you guys know, I was at the I got to experience the Super Bowl for the first time, and uh one of the reasons why it was such an electric atmosphere and electric like time was because I had to, I had the pleasure to kick it with Q. You know, there was like it was gonna be fun regardless. But the exclamation point was not going to be there without Q, man. It was just so far from just, like, the sitting down and the camaraderie from, like, meeting all the people that he knows and to the actual game when we were there and just, like, wow, this, this shit was crazy. Especially, you know, us being Raider fans. We, we saw the Chiefs chant. We were just like, damn, this is making us uncomfortable. <laughs> so it was kind of funny to see that stuff. Um, but, no, man, there's, like, there's too much I can say about Q that – that I just that I can actually spend a whole episode of saying from that time, and I'm just like thankful for experience from that time. So it was just it was just an amazing experience. He's a great dude and just knows ball. That's why we had to bring him on here.
2: Yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. Please believe that. I mean, every
1: experience
2: <laughs> at the Super Bowl is different. You never know really what to expect, but you can always expect to have a good time if you're around some good people. And so. Uh, me being able to kind of break Jose into the Super Bowl experience, you know, that was like my fifth or sixth one. So somebody had to take me by the, you know, by the arm and the neck and say, Hey man, come, come go <laughs> with me and I'll show you how things go. So I felt like I could, uh, I could roll that down and, and forward it to Jose's way. And uh, we had a hell of a time, man, in Miami.
1: Yeah. I think the best part was when, uh, I smoked cube multiple times in Dominoes. So he's, <laughs> he's not so happy about that. Uh, he was a little pissed, you know, I remember we were at, we were at a setup somewhere, uh, somewhere in uh what was it Winwood? I think we were just we were yeah, out there yeah, we and would. I was smoking this pool in front of his friends and he was getting all embarrassed and everything he was like he would he wasn't too happy <laughs> let's just say that
2: <laughs> I mean for the record though we never really kept score with a piece of paper and a pen I don't think <laughs> we're playing ends so I think that I still did really well
1: <laughs> maybe from a scoring point sure but we're playing ends and you agreed so <laughs> yeah
2: that's that's real. We, 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 uh, yeah, I took a couple L's, but that was okay. It was, it was amongst friends. It's all good.
0: <laughs> well, Q, uh, I'm just glad that Jose finally has a guest that he can beat somebody at because oh, I've okay. heard nonstop about the, uh, the infamous Madden game between him and Chris. So thank yeah, you for being our yeah, sacrificial lamb. you kept coming back. He didn't, he didn't, at least I kept going at him like,
1: all right, Q, let's go again. I didn't quit after just one win and say, oh, that was a fluke. Let me just hide with my tail beneath my legs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Chris did. Yeah. Well, it's all good, man. Like I said, we we're it was a weird experience because it was all rainy outside, so we yes, had to find right, a place dude. to be inside and then still have a good time. So we had the beers coming, we had the dominoes playing, we were just talking some trash, hanging out with some good folks. So I mean, really, all in all, it really didn't matter. It was just a lot of fun, and uh, we kicked it in Miami, so uh, that that was special.
0: Right about,
1: dude, we were trying. Dude, it was like a freaking hurricane outside, man. That we saw the exactly. fl- it was like a river in the streets, and yep. we had just left like some previous spot. Right when it started pouring, dude, oh, my God, man, that was crazy. Luckily, it was warm because, like, you know, obviously the how – they, how they're how they closer to the equator and it's warmer by natural. But, dude, we almost got caught in that thing hella bad. That, that thing was crazy. We got it – luckily, we got into to the spot and it was only a block away. Otherwise, it would have been – we would have gone swimming or something.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of beasts, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up, not necessarily Raiders related, I guess kind of, uh, happened, I guess, a couple hours ago. We had A.B. saying, and now a quote, I'm the best receiver in the game. Tell Julio to look up the stats. I got more touchdowns than Julio Jones had in the past five years, and I took a year off. <laughs> so, wow. Well, <laughs> yeah, what well, are our thoughts? Q, we'll, we'll, we'll let you kick that off. Who are you taking, A.B. or Julio?
2: Well, I'll talk. I'll take the guy that has a team. Oh! Oh! <laughs> I mean that's that's, that's, that's all he that's all Julio's gotta say is you have all whatever you think. You got stats, you got touchdowns, you got money, you got whatever, you got women, you I mean, you could have everything you got, but the one thing you don't have is a team. So <laughs> all that stuff you're talking means nothing. And and look, I, I don't have any any ill will towards uh, AB. I thought it would have been a, a great experiment with the Raiders if he had got an opportunity to play, uh, you know, it was a roll of the dice. It was either gonna end really well or it wasn't. Well, it ended up being it didn't. So, I mean, that's fine. But all in all, man, this guy just needs some real help off the field. I mean, he, he really yeah. needs someone to just sit him down and love him for who he is, not the not what he is, which is a football player, a hell of a football player. They need to sit him down and chill him out and kind of get a deep dive into his mind, man, because he's really he he's I, I keep worrying that I'm going to read a headline or or read a tweet about A.B. And it's not going to be something we can laugh and make jokes about. It's going to oh, be something yeah. about damn. Remember what could have been or remember what should have been? Unfortunately, it's not that. I just I really fear for this dude in the long term because he, he just didn't have it all upstairs.
0: I mean, yeah, I feel like we already kind of had that a little bit ago, you know, with the situation where it kind of went with the, bad with his uh, baby mama. And then like that was getting ugly when they got the kids involved and all that stuff. That was so. cringe. Yeah. I mean, at least he's got a whole lot of money. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: for now from his song he's got he wouldn't say it he kept saying it over and over again (laughs) i mean calm down ab that's 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 a perfect response there's no way i can add any more to that what q said yeah yeah, i got a team and i'm still balling what's your excuse You're over here making yourself this isn't this isn't basketball man when the one person is bigger than the team all right so come on dude and you're a wide receiver you're not even a top three critical position get out of here
0: (laughs) i mean plus what julio can just say well i played 15 more games right so
1: yeah exactly exactly (laughs)
0: Well, all right, let's go on to the Raiders. So, you know, last week, uh, Q, we were talking about free agency a little bit. And I'm curious, you know, wanted to get your take, you know, who your who your favorite and kind of uh, least favorite signings were and where you think the uh, or how you think they did. And if you had to get it graded to the uh, to the Raiders.
2: I mean, I think the Raiders did really well in free agency. You know, I think this is two years in a row that they've done really well addressing areas of needs, things that they really needed to accomplish last year picking up Trent Brown was major, picking up Richie Incognito was major for the offensive line. You know, there was uh, Tyrell Williams was really good until he wasn't. But, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, for the most part, they did well in 2019. I think that they doubled down in 2020 and have done even better. And uh, obviously, we all know if you watch any Raider game, you know, the linebacker was a, a sore <laughs> spot. You know, it was obviously <laughs> an area of need. So you go yep. and get Nick Kwiatkowski on day one, I think okay, that's cool. You know, that's what's up. And I thought it took him out of the running for Corey Littleton. I didn't think that they had an opportunity to double down and go pick up Littleton from the Rams. And then when they were able to get him, I thought, okay, damn, you're really, as a matter of fact, addressing this area. You know and recognize that this needs to be fixed before this team could get better defensively. So I believe that they're giving Paul Gunther the same thing they gave Tom Cable from the year before, where they're giving him weapons to make that defense better, to make his unit better, because this could be the year where it's all eyes on Paul Gunther. Hey, you don't get it done this year, you're going to be out of there. And I felt like Tom Cable last year, that was the situation he was in. If you can't figure it out now and get this offensive line to protect Derek Carr better and open up some holes for the run game, you're going to be out of here. Well, in 2019, they did that. The O-line was much better, and the run game was really good for the Raiders. So I think that Paul Gunther is going to have that same opportunity. A sneaky uh, signing that I really, really liked was Malik Collins from the Cowboys. and me yep. on the Texas so obviously we talk Cowboys almost each and every day on the radio and uh you know that's fine I have no problem doing that but I know how much Malik Collins meant to Cowboy fans now your average Cowboy fan won't tell you that he's anybody oh he ain't nobody that's not a big deal not a big loss but you combine that with Rod Marinelli coming over to become the defensive line coach and I'll tell you right now Raider Nation is going to be excited about that signing Malik Collins himself and only on a one-year deal one year six million dollars I believe On that kind of deal, obviously, he's got to prove it to get a long-term deal. He's going to be hungry. He's going to be motivated. He's with a guy that can coach him up in Rod Marinelli. I'm very excited about the defensive additions, and I'm excited about Rod Marinelli because I think he's going to push those guys on that defensive line, push those buttons from Max Crosby, from Cleve Farrell. From uh, Mo Hurst, if he's in there, if it's if it's a Malik Collins in there, it really doesn't matter. Jonathan Hankins, it won't matter. They're going to get the most out of what they have on the defensive line because Rod Marinelli is a dude. He does not yeah. settle for less, and uh, you will give him your maximum effort, and it's going to show on the field. So, yeah, uh, the linebacking pickups and then Malik Collins, I think, were real good pickups. The only one that I'm not a fan of out of all the pickups that the Raiders got, I like Marcus Mariota a lot, too. I think that was a good pickup to help push Carr. The only pickup I don't like is Eli Apple. And that's just gotcha. because I felt he was overrated when the Giants drafted him at number 10 out of Ohio State. I felt he was a product of everybody around him being really stinking good. Uh, they trade him to New Orleans. He has a couple good games. He has some bad games. His mother has always been an issue. She's <laughs> very LaVar ballish. You know what I mean? Like always been in I see that. situations. Yeah, overbearing mom. I'm not a big fan of that, but whatever. Uh, that's a one-year deal, but they gave him some nice coin on that, so they're expecting some 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 production out of him. I'm not sure what he has to give. Maybe gotcha. it's one of those I gotta prove it deals. I'm not a fan of that, but everything else, I think the Raiders did really really well. So that's the only reason I didn't give him an A is because of Eli Apple.
0: Well, uh, you know, sticking with the Cowboys theme, I know one guy that um, you know I think we both knew who he was, but didn't know a whole lot about would be uh, you know Jeff Heath. So I'm curious, you know, what do you think he brings to the table besides being a backup kicker? And, uh, you know, if you think he could be uh, if he could supplant, you know, maybe Eric Harris or even uh, Jonathan Abram as a starter. What are your kind of expectations for Heath going into 2020?
2: Well, he, he's not a starter. He, he's not a guy that you want to have be out there on the field for too many snaps. Uh, but you will get maximum effort from him. He's one of those guys that just, you know, he every opportunity he gets to be on the field, he's going to give you everything you got. I mean, you, you know, it's not going to be from from lack of trying. Now, there's just certain things that he's not. Physically, athletically capable of doing, you know, I mean, it's just let's just be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. I mean, he's just he's not that great, but he's not bad. I mean, he's a he's a key key special team guy. He's a rich Versace guy. The reason he's there is because of Rich Versace. He's a special teams dude. He could go in there and give you some snaps. And you you know how it was in 2019 for the Raiders. They uh, they lost a backup. They lost a safety. Then they lost another safety. Then they lost another. There was guys out there that had no business being out there playing safety. And he's a guy that at least, you know, is not going to cost you the game. He's always around the ball. Uh, if you go back a couple years ago when the Cowboys played the Raiders at the Coliseum and uh, Derek Carr went diving for the end zone and the ball went out of bounds, mm-hmm. guess who's the guy who made the play? Yeah. That was him. That was Jeff Heath. I mean, he was the guy who made the play that, that really made it difficult on Derek Carr. He's always – he has a knack for that, around the ball. He was not appreciated. He's a guy that the fans aren't going to say, oh, my God, he's so he's a great player. No, nobody likes him as a player on the field. Like Fans don't get excited about Jeff Heath. But the one thing they won't do is they won't cuss him because he's a, he made a bad play. You know what I mean? He'll he'll yeah. he's not special, but he's not bad, if that makes any sense. So he's, yeah. he's a sure good about that picker. Q? He's what?
1: You sure about that Q, That he's not gonna get cussed at? You know, Raider fans love just to just cuss, <laughs> cuss for stuff players for no reason, just for anything, for anything. Why no, is he eating a cereal be- like that? I'm gonna cuss <laughs> him out.
2: Right. I mean, yeah, that's real. But I mean the the realistic fan that knows what they're actually watching and seeing. Mm-hmm. They'll understand that this dude is in the right place at the right time. He's just not going to come down with three or four interceptions a season. He's not gonna make three or four fumbles to see or cause fumbles to see. You know, I mean he's he's just gonna do what he can do and give you everything he's got every time he's out there. So again, it's not a bad signing. It's nothing special, but it's not uh it's nothing great. It's it's just, it just is what it is, you know. But but he'll give you all the effort in the world, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, everything you're telling me, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like he's just a coach's dream, or, or a Gruden grinder, if you will, you know. I mean? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I was joking about it a little bit, but shit, when they play the Niners, what was that two, three years ago? Now, like their kicker goes down, and he just steps up and does it. That's, you know, those are the kind of guy, the, <laughs> the glue guys you kind of need. So yeah, definitely. And I mean, what was it? I think it was a a two year, six million dollar contract, three million in right. the hole, not a and big you deal. Remember-
2: Remember that Niner game, that Thursday night game, the Raiders and Niners was the last Battle of the Bay game, and the Raiders just got destroyed, and I think mm-hmm. the Niners had their third swing quarterback in? Mullins. And yeah, yeah. My biggest complaint about that whole game was that there was no effort from the Raiders. I thought that most yep. of those guys just quit. That's one of those guys that you'll say, well, he wasn't out there quitting. He was out there giving it all he he got. He'll grab someone by the face mask and yell and scream at him. Even if he's really not in that place to do that, if he's not a captain or whatever, he'll do it just because he'll look around and say, what the hell are you guys doing? And get pissed. And so he's he's the kind of guy that, that fans will at least appreciate because they know he's giving it everything he's got every single time he's out there.
1: It's perfect grid and mold then because <laughs> you see every more offseason, he's getting more of his own players, not just to draft picks, but these type of players to Gets get into your face mask, call you out, put you on the spotlight, <laughs> which is what this team's needed after all the years of losing. I mean, shoot, man, yeah. someone needs to get that fire. Yeah. Or something you guys turn the, you gotta start the fire somewhere, and then it's just about fanning that flame. But um, Q, your your point about how they did good on free agency is like pretty much echoing what me and me and Matt echoed last week. Um, when we put a grade on it, I personally gave them an A because I thought they they went they knocked a home run because. Number one, they didn't have to overpay for anyone, and number yeah. two, like you said, they knocked out all their needs. And free agency is not supposed to be a place where you get that, you know, that sexy free agent. You don't, you don't go all out for one person and then just out, you know, drain the drain the swamp of resources just for that one player. Which is why I was telling Matt, I'm so happy they didn't sign Byron <laughs> Jones because I personally hate overloading on one corner. Um, but they were able to get multiple players, quality players, and like you said, linebacker top notch. Because free agency is where you address your needs, not go for the best available. That's that's what the draft is for, in my opinion. Which is now we're curious, and leads me to my next our next question. Um, now that the free agency is pretty much wrapped up, what are you how do you thinking? How does this change the Raiders' draft plans when they're going at number twelve and number nineteen now?
2: Well, I think it opens it up. You know, I think really it gives them more flexibility of what they do in that first round. I mean, look, they got five picks in the first three rounds, which is great. I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. I think that Mayock really uh, butters his bread in the third round and later, or second round and later even. Uh, I think that a lot of people concentrate on the first round, but Mayock concentrates on all seven rounds. You know, he really wants to get guys that are at least competitive in camp. They might not make the team, but at least they'll compete in camp and give you a little something for your money. So I'm excited about those third three-round picks, or those three third-round picks, excuse me, but – uh, in the first round, based off of free agency, I think now they have a lot of flexibility where going into the draft, if they hadn't done what they did in free agency, we all on this call would have said, all right, they're going to get a linebacker and a wide receiver. Yep. Yep. It's going to be at either 12 or 19, 19, or whatever. It's going to be a linebacker and a wide receiver, no doubt about it. Now, I don't think that that is such a open and shut case. Now I think it's a lot more flexible where I still believe, and this is just me, that they go and get a, the, the best wide receiver on the board at number 12. I just think that makes the most sense in the world. Go get your dog. Go get your number one dude. Tyrell Williams ain't number one. Hunter Renfro is not number one. Darren Waller is is awesome for the tight end position. Looked at as a wide receiver, but I mean you got to get you got to get your dude. Whether it be mm-hmm. Tyre and Tyreek Hill. Henry Ruggs the third, who's very Tyreek Hill like. Uh, you can get Ceedee Lamb or you can get Jerry Judy. At least one of those guys, in my opinion, will be available at twelve. I think that that's the way that they should go. But with that being said, it doesn't mean that that's how they have to go. You know, they can go and get the best defensive tackle there. They might go get a, a defensive back at number 12. You know, they, they might uh, they can go get they can go and make get a, wide, a quarterback if they really want one. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, there, there's so many options now because of what they were able to do in free agency. But in my for my money, I'm thinking at 12, they go get a wide receiver. And then at 19, they go get the best defensive player available. And that goes back to corner linebacker, defensive tackle, defensive end, whoever they think is the best guy, safety, whoever they think the best defensive player is, they can go get at number 19 because they've addressed their linebacking core. That was a necessity. Now they're now they're able to kind of play around a little bit and, and readjust their thinking.
1: Feels like every year when the Raiders, since they're picking at 12, that they're just right out of the realm of getting that sweet player. I know at number 12, they can have the best of those three wide receivers, but on the defensive end, it feels like that 12th position... It feels like that 12 position would behoove them more to grab that defensive player because there aren't a ton of them, you know, especially at corner, that that is that is concentrated of talent. Whereas, like you said, wide receiver, at least if they if they fall to 19, then all right, they're still going to get someone very solid and a contributor. Um, personally, I think I'm with you, Q, that 12 that they are going to go wide receiver regardless. Um, Gruden offensive minded. I'm pretty sure he's been wanting he's been wanting his receiver. That's why he traded for a B yep. Now is just time to finally get someone that he can actually mold who isn't who isn't a douche like like a B You know someone who's like someone who actually is hungry, you know Because rookies well typically you hope rookies are hungry for that next contract gonna be great um, And then you also have that rookie contract in control now you finally have that court that receiver that extra receiver to To have Derek Carr throw to so Gruden can finally see if Carr is his guy, um, the never-ending question between Raider Nation for the last, like, four years at this point. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, to me, I personally would love wide receiver at 12, although, like you said, it's a lot of flexibility. It just maybe feels like 12 is, like, would be more defensive skewed. I don't know. I don't know. Me and Matt were talking about it. Maybe he can enlighten, enlighten us again about it.
2: Who, yeah. who would – at 12, if you're not going to go wide receiver and you're going to go with a defensive player, who would be that ideal guy?
0: I think for me, it'd probably be, uh, you know, one of the second or one of those second tier corners and like a C.J. Henderson or a Christian Fulton. Um, both those guys are really, really like, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to a wide receiver. I mean, I, if C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy, uh, you know, especially with Arizona trading for D hop and not really looking for a wide receiver like looks like anymore. I think it'd be hard to pass up. But I like both those two corners. And like the thing that I think sways me on, you know, prioritizing, you know, a corner or defense in general At 12, It's just how deep the wide receiver class is. I mean, I think there's a very good chance that or two out of three of the guys of the top three when Ruggs, Judy and uh, Lamb could fall to 19 potentially. But obviously that's a big risk. But I I think, you know, if they can get Henderson, if they can get Fulton, the depth of the corner class compared to the wide receivers, like I kind of view those those top three being a and those other two, you know, as a steep drop off after that and you're getting into scheme dependent guys. Or those, oh, those first three, you can pretty much plug and play wherever. So that's kind of where it sways me and what makes me think, you know, maybe they prioritize the defense is just the depth of how much uh, or how much value they can get yeah. at 19 at wide receiver still.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just think that you can get a wide receiver at 19, but you can get a special wide receiver. At t- mm-hmm. That's true. true. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's. That's the only difference that I have. And defensively, if I'm going to go get a guy at, at number 12 defensively, I'm looking at Isaiah Simmons or Jeffrey Okuda. Neither one of those, I think, are going to get out of the top nah. five. Hell you nah. know what I mean? They're they're not going to be out of the top five, in my opinion. They, they won't be there. So if for some crazy way that we see some Derwin James type drop, then I'm saying, OK, hey, pull the trigger. You know what I mean? If there's an Isaiah gotcha. Simmons available or. Jeffrey Okuda happens to be available for some dumb reason. Great. Go pull the trigger on it. That's fine. You can worry about your wide receiver later. Those are the two guys I'm looking at defensively. Uh, Again, offensively, it's one of the big three for the the wide receivers. And at 19, this is who I – because I agree with you on the the corner. The the market for the corners is not very deep. I mean, it really, really isn't. A guy that I would look at that I think is is a perfect mold for the the Raiders, I think he's a guy that Mayock and Gruden would like, and I really think Paul Gunther would like, is A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. And we, we gotcha. saw AJ Terrell on the on the biggest stage, and he had a terrible game. But he had a terrible game because well, LSU was that damn good. I mean, you yeah. know, what I mean like <laughs> LSU made everybody look terrible. So uh, I just think that that was a, a, a bad game for him, and unfortunately for him, it was on the national stage. Everybody saw it, and so it kind of makes people think he, he should drop to the second or maybe even third round. I still think he's a damn good defensive back. We know that Mayock and company love Clemson guys, as as shown by the 2019 draft. (laughs) Um, I, I would have no problem combining A.J. Terrell and Trayvon Mullen out there on the corners. I think that'd be a hell of a combo.
1: Yeah, and corners definitely, you know, they still need a corner. I mean, shoot, right now Trayvon Mullen's slated to be number one. And I guess, I know they said it is more open competition, but, and it is early, but, Apple's number two. Your favorite signing, queue. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> exactly. it's not looking, it's not looking good. So I feel like maybe they will be pressed at number twelve to go for that corner. But uh, you know, I, I think wide receiver is a more logical way that Gruden's been drooling over. But yep. I feel like this is what's going to happen too—that they're not going to go best player available at number twelve. They're just going to go for the guy that they're in love with, and they they feel like he's not there. Or they feel like they can get them later, then they're gonna trade back because if there's anything that's this team at this ever since Gruden took over that they've shown us is that they don't care about best player available. They want the need or the fit for them, and that's why the, that's how you got players like a Colton Miller that you traded back for, and not going for Derwin James. That's how you got yeah. Khalil and Furrow at number four. So at number twelve, I I have no doubt that they would even trade back or even trade up because maybe they're just tired. Like you know what? Let's not wait. Let's just go for it. You know, being how impatient or irrational Gruden is, and I we still don't know a whole lot of how much influence Mike Mayock has. I mean, of course, he, he, his influence is there and it's made an impact. But, you know, if we're going to say like how how much heavy it is, if, you know, if, is, is it like a brick feeling or is it like a cinder block feeling of type of impact? I mean, it, it, it's going to be tough to tell because trading back is definitely going to be an option or trading up. It's all it's always there. It's, it's like it's like they're in a, it's like they're in a slot receiver position where anything's on the table. They can go like angle straight back for, you know, it, it's really all depends on what they're feeling is there's definitely like i said there's definitely this, this coaching side, especially with gruden when they see a player and they fall in love with they they stick that way and they will get them they don't care about yeah. the repercussions you know that's why and, and, you know and matt talked about it last week about how his least favorite signing was nazeep it's like well you got nazeep we paid all this money so what does that leave Cleveland and then so you just you went for that knee fit and when you just got him and now look you don't want to have the same situation in this draft just Try to like at least play it smart, at least if you get the best wide receiver, which once again I, I still really think it's gonna happen, but it's it's this is this is Gruden we're talking about. Anything's on the table. And yeah. like you alluded to, you know, there's a lot of flexibility, which also means these guys are gonna be weighing a ton of options and be flirting with anything just to make sure they feel like they're making the right decision or at least they feel like they're not making the wrong decision, which might even be like the more more of the case for them in this situation.
2: I will say that with the Nassib signing, I, I liked it because I don't think you could have enough dudes on that defensive line. That's true. I, true. I think San Francisco proved that, that you can ne- never have too many dogs on the defensive line. If you have that, that's great for rotation help. That's great to get guys in there. I don't care about stats. I don't care if you're leading the league. I care about W's and L's. And, and if that defensive line is fresh enough to keep you winning games, that's good for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that you know we're all kind of talking about wide receivers and corners, but I think one thing that should be in play too is looking at a safety at 19 too. I mean, we're talking about it before. You know, Jeff, who like was saying, uh, you know, that coach's favorite, that Gruden grinder type of guy, but not exactly a great starter. And you have Eric Harris, who is going to be a free agent after this year. And you know, I like Eric Harris, but he's not exactly a, not exactly like a high quality safety and whatnot. And then you have Jonathan Abram, who's still a question mark. So I think, I mean, I think, you know, a guy like Xavier McKinney, yep. um, I think Del Plitt, I think I saw something about him sliding uh, recently. And I'm assuming that's because of his tackling. Um, so he might, I saw something about him sliding into the second on, on Twitter sphere yeah. earlier this week. So exactly. I think either of those guys. Would be, yeah. Exactly I, injuries. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Huge. I think they do go safety at
1: 19 a little bit, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. I know, um, it's better to go with safety that 19 than his corner. That's for sure. Cause I'm not still. I'm still not sure comfortable if even those two corners that you mentioned outside of Kuda are going to be there. If they're even going to be, if they're going to be worth the pick. But at least safety. And I talked about it all last year when we we're talking about this Raiders defensive scheme. I think they want to have a heavy influence of three safeties at a time. On the formation and so i think if, if they get a safety at 19 then all right now you get another one and ideally maybe someone who has more more proven cover skills than a jonathan abram who's more old school and isn't in the yep. box because um, outside of that then you just have eric harris who can kind of cover a little bit um then you have i don't know like like qie glued to jeff heath who's there just like a conting- contingency plan to be the safety net um but who else? I mean, they're not going to move the Joyner back up there, which I would love for them to do. They didn't. He's going to be a slot corner. Hopefully, at least he learns and figures out his play. But safety at 19 would be awesome. I would love that just depending on exactly who is there. But if, if it's wide receiver and safety, just if I'm looking at it without the names, I'm loving that addition because I really do think Paul Gunther's plan just he wants to influence a lot of lot of three three safety looks and then he'll just have Kotowski maybe and Littleton as the two linebackers that come in and then maybe have more as a rotational service player. So it, it, it's all about, like I said, it, like they really wanted to get how their fit is, you know, not so much right. how best player available is. And it's just, it, it's always hard to tell, especially when you're, when you're going past, you know, 15 picks. Yeah. Uh, it was always tough to tell who the hell the Raiders were going to draft at 24 and what was it 27 or 28 last year, whatever the picks were. Mm-hmm. Um, between when it was Jacobs and Abrams yeah. at the time, it, that was all that was tough. We we're all just scrambling and like <laughs> I think the only person anyone ever knew thought about was pretty much Jacobs. And I remember at twenty eight, I was pounding the table for freaking um, Byron Murphy hella hard. So yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it's it's really it's really going to be a, a little tough, tough sell to, uh, and a tough indication to see how they're going to go. But safety, I would love at nineteen and wide receiver. But you know, we keep talking about like these positions. But if we're if it is wide receiver, because it sounds like we're kind of all in there together at 12 who who we, who we liking q who we liking at 12 if they're all That's three available
2: really really good question man I've, I've gone back and forth in my <laughs> yeah. time. You, you know what i mean like i i like henry ruggs because i feel like he's very tyreek hill and i think he could he can fill so many voids but then at the same time i think the cd lamb is probably the best overall wide receiver just hands down he can get it done on the outside he has great yards after the catch he's got a mean stiff arm i mean he he goes and attacks the ball he could do so many great things and he was the number 1 dude on Oklahoma where Henry Ruggs you look at Alabama man they had 3 dudes you know what i mean so it kind of makes kind of makes things a little bit easier for those guys kind of opens it up a little bit And Jerry Judy, I think he kind of gets slept on just because he's not CeeDee Lamb or Henry Ruggs. You know, so it's like in my mind, I keep tossing a turn and thinking, damn, man, which one would be the best fit? So I think ultimately because uh, he's just been a captain for so long, he's also helped three different quarterbacks get to New York as Heisman Trophy finalists. Now only two out of three won the Heisman Trophy, but I just think CeeDee Lamb, if he's there at 12, that's the guy that you got to go for. Again, like I said, he helped baker mayfield get to, to get to new york he won the heisman he helped kyler murray get to new york he won the heisman and they both were the first overall pick and then he helped jalen hurts get there as well he didn't win it but came in second so i just think cd lamb had a whole lot to do with that and and i think he probably would be john gruden's uh top dog if he can get him in his offense
0: yeah it's funny i was on my uh my buddy's youtube channel about a month ago now we're talking wide receivers and i'm if i'm mike mayock i almost want you know cd lamb or judy to go in front of the raiders just so the decisions made for me it just makes it a lot easier yeah. if that you're at yeah. that hellbent on 12 at least that in that situation you can't go back and be like well he just or at least in that situation you can't go back and if one end up being better than the other you know you could what could have been you know the decision was made for you it's it's right. just that tight
2: well and then my other issue that i have is that henry ruggs will probably end up being a bronco oh.
0: that's true
2: you know what yeah. I mean? Because that's the guy that they want at 15, and they might even have to trade up to go get him. I've heard a lot of people have talked to people in Denver that that's their guy. That's the dude that they want to just set that Drew Lock led offense off, and that's going to be with uh, Henry Ruggs. So then I think about the Raiders' defensive backs and their defense. Can they stop a speedster like that twice a year? So that kind of – you almost want to take him so the other team doesn't take him, but then at the <laughs> same time, you don't want to be – second guessing yourself down the road like you just mentioned well what could have been if you had really taken him instead of him and that was a stupid decision you know what i mean like you're right it's almost better if, if a couple guys are already off the board and you only have the option of one guy because then at least you could say well that's all that was left so uh, yeah gotta take him
1: you know i have C- I, I love cd lamb the most too q it, it, you know it's you know funny when i see it when i watch him play a little bit recently again i was just, i was like i'm getting a little sense of like Devontae adams like a little bit, like like yeah. I'm seeing
2: that. Um,
1: DeAndre Hopkins. De- De- yeah, De- yeah, that too, man. But I'm not gonna lie, I feel like Jerry Judy is like come starting to come neck and neck for him with me, just because of just what I'm, just lo- looking at some other clips I hadn't seen of him before. I'm like, what the hell? Look at this guy. This guy is all shifty. He's all over the place, man. He's just, yep. he's like, it's oh my god, dude. I just fell in love. It's like wide receiver porn to me. I'm just, this, this guy is so <laughs> fluid. He's not tight. He's just everywhere. This guy is pretty much like walking water. Like he could just mold in his feet into any direction, just shaking shimmy no matter what, which is I love. And personally, like I've always said that Derek Carr excels only with receivers who can create space. He can't I don't care about hearing, oh, he needs the big body, he needs a speedster. Like, no, no, it's always been the well the well polished route runner. And then Michael Crabtree and Martin Cooper, that's what he always excelled with, or a James Jones. Um it's never really been a speedster. I mean, of course, it's nice to always have that dynamic, that little extra wrinkle, because you never know that you never know how you can dial it up in a in a certain point of a game, and the defense will have to take an account for it. Which wouldn't make that rug signing bad either, because he's not just strictly just a vertical third receiver. He's also much more than that. Yes. Um, but it, it it becomes to a point where if it, if it's, it's between those two, then m- maybe it is Lamb. Um, I I wouldn't personally wouldn't mind if it's all three. You know, I I've learned that you just can't set your sights so heavily on one or two players. You need to have it on a good nice like, little handful of players. So when that team, so when they do drops them, you don't get disappointed and start getting pissed like I did last year with Cleveland Furl. <laughs> um, it's just uh, if, if you know the Broncos, I I've heard, I've seen that too. I've seen that too. I've seen Benjamin Albright talk about how he loves rugs and the Broncos love rugs. Yeah, and if. That that's going to be tough because then imagine Raiders do get that cool, you finally get that receiver. Then at that point, you, you pretty much can pencil in the Broncos are going to get him, and then at that point, the only way you, you can defend against that is by having a good offense. <laughs> you got you got to oh, yeah. match them both with both because at that point, nineteen might not be a corner specific uh a specific position. You might have to look at the second or third. I mean, excuse me, the third or wherever you're going to look for someone in the later rounds for a corner, and then uh, but. I think that's the only way you're going to do it is I think Gruden's tired of having these 10 to 17 point games and just getting blown out. You just got to get that receiver to finally have that wrinkle because it's just so fun to think about that. You know, Tyra Williams, hopefully healthy as number two with Renfro and Waller and Jacobs. And then at that point, you just need a complimentary back to Jacobs. And boom, now you have yourself a well-balanced, solid and lethal offense, I feel.
2: Yeah, you need to have that. Gruden needs to have it. And I think that that's why they've been so defensive heavy in free agency is because exactly. he knows his time yep. is coming. You know, the other thing, the other thing to think about when it comes to wide receivers, San Francisco traded up to 13. They might might be looking at a wide receiver themselves. So Denver could be out in the cold uh, outside looking in on on a Henry Ruggs. Can you imagine Debo Samuel and Henry Ruggs both in San Francisco? Jeez.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think an ideal situation for the Raiders, you know, to, to defend against what you're talking about, Q, is the Jets go with one of the top two guys, Judy or Ruggs, or I guess you can put, or not Judy and Ruggs, or Judy or Lamb, or you can throw Ruggs in there too. Yeah. Raiders nab one, and then the Broncos, uh, or not the Broncos, the uh, the Niners nab the other, and the Broncos on to SL at, at 15 right. there. Yep. But it's yeah. definitely close. It's definitely going to be close. Yeah.
1: with just, Those are the wide receiver heavy teams. I always feel like there's going to be like a wild card team that just comes out of nowhere. and gets the receiver. There's always those few teams that yeah. like, whoa, you drafted this position. Like what the hell? Like, like, I don't know. Maybe I was just out of the know or just was like ignorant. But when the dra- Broncos drafted Noah Files, I was like, what the hell? Like where did that come from? Just something like that. Um, it was just, it, it, if the Jets get them, then the Raiders fall in line next, which is good because at least it's like, cool, now the Raiders can be like, ha-ha, Niners to, from the draft from two years ago <laughs> when they nabbed Mike McGlinchey
0: from and last year.
1: And Yeah, last year. <laughs> yeah, man. With the, so, I mean, it's just uh, – it's it's just, it's just gonna be a nice position for them to finally be in. But yeah, like the Broncos, that's why that's why Q made that good point. Hey, the Broncos might just have to trade up because if they really love this player and they really want to support Drew Lock, which is the ideal fit, you know, that's pretty much what everyone does now. Get that rookie cornerback quarterback contract, develop him, surround him with best talent and good coaching, and then make your run. And that's going to be the best case right now. Is give him that good complimentary receiver with him and Cortland Sutton. No font hopefully developed and they that's why they got Melvin Gordon. They want to build that offensive yeah. monster. That's what everyone's going to. So Raiders have to get that they have to get that receiver. And that's why I also did that's why I'm also saying hey don't rule out the Raiders trading up either because if they have that person they like and they're feeling the the heat, the intensity around that, you know, it's going to be a little different, which is speaking of difference. I wonder how much of a difference it's going to make where the draft is being held and it's not going to be held in an actual like event center where you can actually get like more, I think more of a pulse in the area. I mean, I, I, I was I haven't been to a draft before cube, but I don't know, maybe if you know, like if it's more, you can definitely get a better sense. I feel being around everyone there because people talk more versus you're just all in remote locations just trying to speak. I mean, they haven't really said how it's going to happen, but that might have something to do a little bit to force teams' hands a little bit because they're going to have to keep guessing. You know, there's a lot of barriers that you got to break through just to figure out what someone's thinking, or you're just at that point just guesstimating.
2: You know, I, I, I've been to, a, well, about five drafts now, and, and I was looking forward to this one in Vegas, very disappointed that, that it's not going to happen. But yeah. I think that that's going to be more of a downer for us, the media, and for fans. You know, I mean, a lot of these teams aren't even there on site. They're at their own facilities. So I, I don't think that it's going to be any different for the team. Right. The only difference is, is if they're not actually in their facility facility and it's only maybe two of them. Like if Gruden and Mayock are, are bunkered down at, at John's house or, or at you know, just depending on how this whole thing shakes out, if they can't have all the input from whoever they have. And and look, I've, I've never been inside their war room so I couldn't tell you who's all in there but uh, I, I feel like they, they just kind of, you know, rally around each other and and they just talk back and forth and pick up the phone and call the team to try to make trades here and there. But for the most part, man, when you hear those leaks, it's because you really want to hear those leaks or they, or they want you to really hear those leaks. It's not really because they exactly. can't help them from getting out. I mean, they just, when you hear that, it's because, okay, go ahead and tell this dude so he can go tell them and, and, and they can be out there floating around. I mean, it's just, it's it's really what they do. But yeah, I think just being out of Vegas is going to be just for the, for the fans and us media, that's going to struggle. And Teams like uh, media people that cover the team, uh, they'll probably be there like like say MJ Acosta, for example, will probably be there uh, wherever the Raiders decide to do theirs from. But it won't be it won't be like she'll be in the war room. She'll be out in the whatever media area, whatever they have set up. And so it's still it's going to be a, a, a pretty much of a downer as far as I'm concerned for media coverage. But there'll be a couple people that get some good coverage of it. And that's about it.
0: I mean, the one winner in this whole situation is Roger Goodell because this will be what the first draft and ever that he won't get booed at. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> and someone will still like maybe send a tweet out. <laughs> Roger Goodell thinks he's safe. Retweet this and make sure that he knows he's getting booed and <laughs> tag him in the NFL and right. that's probably be. Yeah. i probably gonna have a good cling on Joe going there. But man, dude, uh, you, I really was hoping for Vegas, dude. I was gonna be our part two for Miami. You know, <laughs> I, I was gonna be like, cause I go to Vegas a lot. Um I'm not, that, I'm not as big as a general as you may think. I have, I have people <laughs> that live there. So I go there and visit them a lot. And, um, I was going to be like, this is my turn to show y'all around and show you. Cause I, I, I know Vegas as well as I know my own city. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's how well, I would, I would tell you guys like the top spots that have like the best deals and everything. Not like these ones like, Hey, come inside where we're, we're going to overcharge you three times instead of two, you know? So it, I, man, I was looking forward to that. just, just, Man, I was really disappointed, but, I mean, it, it's for the best, of course, but yeah, what could have been, what could have been.
2: I'm hearing that it might be 2021. That's what a, a little bit of trickle-down effect, uh, that's kind of what I heard, and that sucks because it's a whole year from now, but at some point, man, they got to get it back to Vegas because it'll be, it'll be awesome. I know Vegas would have put on a hell of a show. Nashville was great, man. Nashville was amazing, being there yeah. and being. And the other thing about the draft that is so exciting is you get so much access to these players before they're drafted. You know, what I mean, like I talked to Josh Jacobs for a good 10 minutes one on one last year. I talked to, you know, Quentin Williams for five minutes one on one. I talked to all these top guys that were going to be in the green room, just able to sit there and talk and chop it up. And and, uh, you know, just expectations, how everything's gone. You get that. And they're excited to do that before they get drafted. Once they get drafted and after their pros then all of a sudden you'll notice that a Josh Jacobs takes off of a, out of a locker room a little bit quicker. Quinn and Williams don't have much to say. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a lot different once they already are are on the team. But before they, they become uh, players and when they're still, uh, you know, draftees, uh, it's great, man. It's great coverage, great access. And that goes for the NFL Network guys, too. And the ESPN guy, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, has got to sit down on a round table with him. And, and charles uh john charles davis excuse me i mean all these guys it's just they're all there yep. david shaw from stanford is there it, that that is like second to none access you could just sit down there chop it up uh <laughs> record everything you want to record and then even talk when you're not recording and just pick their brains it is mm-hmm. great great access that's what i'm gonna really miss out on
1: yeah Dude, I was for really sure i was really looking forward to that player access too man i was like <laughs> thinking like i was as i was getting closer i was gonna text you like hey how does this does this work again? Do, I, do they let us, the players talk to us? I'm looking forward to that. I was going to be able to, like, post all that video for our, oh, man. Yep. Whatever.
0: I'm not going to get too much into it. it just disappoints me yeah. even more. Yeah, I mean, definitely disappointing. But, like you said, kind of uh, unprecedented times. Got to, hey,
2: at least. Hey, we'll, real quick, uh, man. You guys were talking about safety a little while ago. And I, I forgot to double down as, and mention this. If they don't get a safety in the first round, the guy that I'm keeping my eye on is uh, Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois. He might be a second-round guy. He might be a third-round guy. But you want to talk about about a ball hawk? This dude had 13 career interceptions at Southern Illinois. He knows how to get his hands on the ball. He expects to create turnovers. That's something that the Raiders haven't had in a long time, a guy that can create turnovers, a guy who expects to take the ball the other way. Really, the last guy that expected to do that and did it on the regular was probably Charles Woodson. And that (laughs) tells you all you really need to know.
1: Yeah, it, it really does. That's the thing. It's also funny how, like, when you kicked off free agency, your free agency Uh, take you about a, I don't know if you guys watched last season, but the linebacker position was pretty poor. Hey, I, I don't think you can just dumb it down to last season. I think you, <laughs> say you can watch the last 20 years. You can, not since Thomas Howard and Kirk Morrison has there yep. been a good linebacker play. And even then, that was just the one off. Ever yeah. since then, it's been crap. Yep. <laughs>
0: Well, all right, that's all we got for you guys this week. Again, if you guys can please donate to the uh, CDC Foundation Foundation, um, you know anything you guys can contribute, even if it's just you know five bucks or something, every little bit counts. we really appreciate that. Have that link out on Twitter. We'll put it in the bio for this episode too. Other than that, you know, want to give a big thanks to uh, Q for sh- for coming on the show. So Q, where can the people find you, my man?
2: Well they can find me all over man. Uh, ESPN Central Texas, I do a show every single day, noon to three uh, Central time, obviously. And uh, that's a lot of fun. Just talk all kinds of sports. And then uh, you guys mentioned the Black Hole Banter podcast with my man, James Arcelana and uh, Chris Weissong. We do that as well. I also do the Lockdown Raiders podcast. I do that on the daily. Uh, and then anything else I can get my hands on. Anytime you guys call, man, I'm r- willing to jump in, jump on, and uh, talk some ball with you guys. It's always good. So, uh, yeah. And oh, on Twitter, at your boy Q254. Forgot about that. It's pretty cool.
1: It's pretty cool. Yeah, man. See this guy, Q is a grinder, man. Jesus, look at that, man. He's setting the tone. That's why he's one of the raider. That's why he's one of the top raider entertainers out there, man. And what yeah, I mean yeah. by entertaining is because of his waves, which I'm pretty sure your waves are pretty much calmed down. Because I'm pretty sure you haven't seen a barber in a while, huh? No, man. The 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 haircut is all bad right now because uh,
2: yeah, my barber is, is is not really working. So I'm I'm making business decision pretty soon. I'm gonna go about another week and then I'm gonna have to make a a life decision if I'm gonna go ahead and cut it myself or what.
1: And if I do that <laughs> myself, I'll be bald. <laughs> I, am you. I am with you. I am not liking waking up to this Plato, this Plato bedhead I have because my hair is like naturally fluffy. So if I lay down for like ten minutes, it's gonna take that shape no matter what. You know, it's like it, it, it's kind of it's kind of starting to piss me off. I'm I'm just wearing nothing but beanies and hats when I go outside, and <laughs> you know how I, I wear snapbacks. So usually I I hit on the third clip. I'm starting to reach towards that fourth clip now because my hair is getting so damn. <laughs> damn.
2: Just, it, it,
1: it reminds me of like when I when I used to play football when uh, I had one of my helmets. I think it was the Revy. I think uh, I used to, it had I used to pump air into the into the cushions inside. So when my hair got long, I had to release some of the air because that shit got too <laughs> tight. Man. So that's it's fun. like best that's, that's case that's reminding me. So I mean, ah, uh, uh, come on, man. I just please donate whatever you can even if it's 30 cents whatever but i'm just hoping these time we get through these times and please stay safe everyone just social distance yourself don't be stupid
0: absolutely absolutely jose where can they find you man at j sanchez si get at me people all right and you can follow me on twitter at m holder 95 follow the pod if you're not already at sweet fly and please give us those five star reviews whenever you can other than that until
2: next week